Hello. Oh. Okay. Um. Sorry, I'm uh eating Christmas leftover weenies. I know Joe. Joe hates the sound of eating. Uh, Joe, you can just fast forward probably a couple minutes. But uh, these weenies are so good. Anyway, uh, yeah, we missed last week because it was uh, it was Christmas. But uh, I was just really. I guess I was stressed out about something. I, I don't know why. Or maybe I was just distracted. I don't know why I didn't post this last week. But here, here it is this week. We skipped a week. Nobody cares. Um, but good news. Joe has informed us that he is returning in the new year at some point. So uh, we might have another week of NAGP Classic. But after that, it's going to be... Uh, well, we'll be back to covering the news that matters, I hope. So, that's going to be good. And, uh, yeah, this episode is, uh, actually, it doesn't seem like Phil was on this episode. We introduced him last week, but, uh, I'm listening to it and I don't hear his, his voice. I didn't listen to the whole thing because I, I, I'm sure I said something offensive. Uh, you know, Joe probably embarrassed himself and Jumping Cables probably got real angry and or went into a lot of detail about the game he was playing that no one cares about. But, um, uh, let's see. The notes here, the show notes say that ah, we talked about what we've been playing, the good points of the PS3, and more Metal Gear Solid talk. And that was the entire description that Joe wrote. So, yeah. I I don't know what we said about MGS, but we'll find out. I think that's better than me just explaining what we said. Uh, You get to hear Joe gush about Call of Duty 4. Interesting news. Yep. Happy holidays and, uh. R.I.P. 20 Shitstein. Everybody, this is the sixth episode of the Not Another Gaming Podcast. I'm your host Joe, and with me, as always, is Lionel. <laughs> I swear to God, I don't think we can ever do an intro where I don't start laughing. <laughs> and then we have Mike. What do? <laughs> and as always, we'll start out by saying what we've all been playing. First, you, Mike. What have you been doing? Well, um. I'm, as you know, I, me and Jumper Cables have not yet entered the next gen. <laughs> I've been, I, I admit, I've been extremely bored lately, and so I've been torturing myself with hard mode on Enter the Matrix. Oh God! Ooh, damn! It's, yeah. uh, I, I guess it's better than staring at the ceiling. I'm yeah. totally dying. I'm dying a little bit each day I play it, though. <laughs> oh god alright how, how about you Lionel what have you been playing uh, gone back to uh, you know since you know like, like Mike said we're not in the next gen I've gone back to uh, one of my old favorites that being Robot Alchemic Drive whoa and uh, for those who don't know that's a 
rare, pretty unknown giant robot game. And uh, unlike most ones where, you know, they take the uh, Gundam Wing approach or like Zone Enders where you fly around all powerful and godlike, this one they try and take put a bit more of a realistic spin on it. So, you know, something that weighs God knows how many tons and is uh, the size of a building is obviously going to walk very slow. And, you know, it's a very mechanical, and it's kind of hard to explain. But, uh, you know, go buy it and play it, and, you know, you will not be disappointed. What console is it for? Uh, PS2. Yes, you are, yes. Alrighty, and uh, what I've been playing, I've been playing quite a bit. First, I guess I'll start with the DS. Uh, with you got a list. <laughs> With Phantom Hourglass, with Phantom Hourglass, um, I like the game mainly because I'm a big Zelda fan. But I would have to say it is the easiest out of all the Zelda games I've played. And the biggest drawback that I that had that I have for the game so far is that it's a bit redundant in how the game works. You go to a dungeon, you you know clear out the dungeon, then you have to go back to this island and then journey farther into this one cave, which unlocks the next area and basically lather, rinse, repeat, and it gets. Uh, it gets quite annoying. Uh, yeah. No, um, uh, isn't this the case of them, like, doing the polar opposite of what they did before with, uh, Twilight Princess? Yeah. Uh, pissed off a lot of, uh, 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 Zelda fanboys. Yeah, I was a little bit, I mean, I'll suck it up because I want to beat the game and I like Zelda, but it's, it was a little, it's a little bit disappointing. Although the touch controls, I, I do, I do enjoy quite a lot, so. Mm. That is good. All right, and now on to the Wii. <laughs> on the Wii, I am playing, I just got Trauma Center, although it's a little late because Trauma Center 2 is about to come out. But yeah. uh, Trauma Center, I have to admit, I didn't play on the DS, but that game is awesome. You, you oh, have- yeah, no, I, I played it on the DS, and while it, 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 it can be frustrating as all hell, it, it, it is fun. It, it is a damn good game. Yes, it involves a lot of precision, which, I mean, and it's kind of nerve-wracking, too, because they Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to act real fast, and you got to work with it. This is one of the few games I'd have to say that work really well with the Wii control on the Wii, which is mm-hmm. kind of yeah. Works really good with the Wii and the uh, DS. It works well with, well with uh, those control systems. A really good uh, sim overall. Oh yeah, and so it's kind of also it's got that whole like text-based story type thing going on too, like um, Phoenix yeah. Wright. So if you like that type of thing, it's got a lot of nice drama in it, in it as well. And then on the virtual console. I just downloaded, I mean, it's a classic, Mario Brothers 3. That game's awesome. I mean, and. Oh, crap. Yeah, and. <laughs> my favorite Mario. It is. It's awesome. The raccoon suit and all that. It's the frog suit and the hammer and. plays in that one. Oh, yeah. Now, I was. I de- still, <laughs> Go ahead. I still got that on Nintendo. I have the copy of Super Mario Brothers 3 and Nintendo. Damn. Did you have to pay pay money to download it? We won't talk about that right now. That's for... <laughs> 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 All right, and then um, I actually wanted to ask you about this, Lionel, because you're a big Castlevania fan. They just released mm-hmm. on the virtual console um, Castlevania 2, uh, Simon's, uh, I guess, Quest Simon's or something. Quest. Yeah, is it yeah, any... Simon's Quest. Is it any good? I haven't played it personally. Um, from what I hear, it uh, has a lot of frustrating elements to it. They were they were actually uh, really ambitious elements, but um, well, you know, for example, uh, the game has sort of a day and night system where uh, as you're traveling through the you know the castle and stuff like that, it'll shift from day to night. The difference being during the day, 
the monsters are weaker, whereas at night they're stronger, but you also get uh, more uh, power-ups or experience or whatever when you beat them. Oh. The problem with the day-to-night feature is that uh, a little uh, bit of text pops up every time and just, like, pauses the game while the text comes out. It uh, frustrates people who are really playing. That and also there's a lot of uh, areas where they don't give you any hints as to how to pass them. You honestly have to go and look this stuff up in order to get through it. Oh, Jesus. Wow. <laughs> uh, I think I'll wait on that one then. Uh, um, wait for Castlevania 3. That'll probably be a better one to start on. I do actually have to say I'm I'm actually going to be really happy once they release the 64 Castlevania. I actually enjoyed that, even though a lot of people I, I never got like I it. never got a chance to play those. I was, you know, poor and at that time didn't even have a PS1. No, uh, no, on the 64, I downloaded um, Castlevania 64. On the oh, no, no, I'm saying uh, I didn't have any of those systems at that time. You know no. me, I'm always a step behind. No, no I mean, I downloaded the emulator. I just played on the computer. Oh, I know. I mean, you mean you didn't download the emulator and you didn't download the ROM? And- yeah, on to the next, um, oh, the next game I was playing is on the 360, so now I'm on the 360 now. All right, I just mm-hmm. got Call of Duty 4. and uh- I. I knew you were gonna say that. I hate you. I thought it's so bad. I gotta say, it's I had a I had a geekasm. Oh my sweet Jesus! Oh my God! It's just was it that good. Oh, I was smiling the whole way through. Graphically, just the. Oh my God! I'm sorry, Mike. It's just I won't go too much on about the game, but oh God, the game it surpasses Call of Duty 2 by far. And I say Call of Duty 2 because Call of Duty 3 wasn't made by Infinity Ward. So, But yeah, yeah. It, Call of Duty 2, it passes it just... Oh. <laughs> uh, okay, I won't, I won't keep going on about it, but it's a definite... Oh, you have to come up here. You have to come up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta go take it with you and bring it to him. And you know. Yes. No, don't worry, that's the plan. If I do ever manage to go to your place, I will bring that. <laughs> Uh, here's what you do. You you pick up Mike and you you all bring your asses over here. The Vegas? Yeah. I am dying inside out here. <laughs> That's that'd the plan. Be like a, that'd be a day's journey for Joe. It's worth it though. Coming up here and then going down there. Yeah, it, no, it, it'd be a journey, but um, yeah, do it. No, as long as you guys. As long as you guys can like you know rejuvenate me after I pass out through walking through the door. Then it's all oh, that's good. fine. Yeah, it's oh, no, all good. no, no, no. We'll, we'll have a, a, a bed. I will have a bed specially assembled for you by the time you get here. Excellent. We'll have like robots taking care of it and shit. <laughs> Excellent. Alrighty, and then uh, finally, now onto the PS3. And on to the next part of the list. <laughs> Alrighty, on the PS3, uh, I just downloaded the um, the Uncharted demo. Uh, the people, but Naughty Dog made that game. It's her newest game. For people who don't know, how is it? Yeah, it Naughty. Was sick. Yeah, and the people who made um, uh, the create uh, Naughty Dog, they're the ones who made the uh, the Jack and Daxter yeah, games. And, the and De- Jack and Daxter. Yeah. yeah. Um, how Uncharted yeah. is? It is. I mean, it's actually it's it looks amazing. I mean, I'm actually starting to that as long as the PS3 they start pumping out good, you know, better games at a you know quicker rate, then I I will. I guarantee they will do well because they, it, the game is great. Uh, it's I, the only problem I have with it is my impression on the game coming into it was a little 
I was a little, it wasn't exactly what I thought it would be. When I came into it from a couple commercials and when I was reading up on it, they were saying it was more of a treasure hunting type of game and whatnot. And uh, it, it opened up like, like that. Go ahead. It's a shooter. Yeah, like, like, so you thought it was going to be more like Tomb Raider or something? Well, I thought it would be more like, kind of like Lost in the Blue or, you know, that kind of thing or survival more about, like exploration and stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, it is partly. But then when the whole, like, shooter aspect of, uh, like, uh, third-person view shooter type aspect of the game came into play, eh, it was all right. I mean, it well, wasn't... That, that, that's kind of an issue with a lot of games, specifically when the uh, combat mechanic is uh, shooting, is a lot of games like that have a bad habit of getting, like, seriously caught up in it. And after a while, that becomes all you do. Yeah. It, um... I, Personally, if they didn't have the shooting aspect and focus entirely on just the whole, you know, trying to find the treasure or whatnot, I'd be one happy camper. But I mean, the game's still fun. I might, I might pick it up. But uh, I don't know. I had a really good time just, you know, standing still and like turning, rotating the camera around, just looking at the environment because they did the environment really, really well. But I don't know. I still got to think about that one. Uh, and that's it for me. I believe I've covered all the consoles. <laughs> so. all, all, everything on the list. <laughs> Damn uh, it. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, now we're done with that part. I guess we'll just start getting right into all the lovely news because there was quite a lot this time. All right. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. The first part is uh, at $80, there, there, there's going to be the whole uh, was it collector's edition of uh, The Devil May Cry 4. And let's see here what is included inside of it. Um, it says, uh, Tension Edition comes with a complete documentary pack bonus DVD and the first volume of the Devil May Cry animated series. It's just four episodes, it seems. Uh, yeah, okay. And then there will also be uh, a bonus D- DVD includes making, you know, making of uh, soundtrack, digital artwork, wallpapers, icons, screensavers, Jesus, that's a lot of stuff. Wow, that's and it's coming out. Um, it's coming out in America on February fifth. Good lord, that's quite a lot for a package. Dude, I know I won't have the PS3 by then, but I may like buy the special edition just so <laughs> I'll have it when I finally do get the damn PS3. <laughs> wow. Um, I actually, I mean, I think. Well, they've always done that. Well, let me see. With uh, Halo, was it 2 or 3? Well, both of them, actually. They came with extra stuff with the collector's edition, you know, just the making of DVD and whatnot. But they got to start doing what they're doing with the, you know, the whole Devil May Cry 4 thing. Yeah. Just start... they they got to start showing the U.S. more love, goddammit. Exactly. Um, yeah. Mike, what is the – do you know what's included inside of the Metal Gear Solid um, collector's edition in Japan? It wasn't... Well, for, for now, it's only in Japan, but – they're trying to work on it. Ryan really wants to do it. That's the assistant producer, MGS4. Um, it would include all of the games, basically. Oh. Everything, every single game. Oh, that'd be sweet. That would Except be for sweet. Snake's Revenge. It's, oh. uh, it would have a... That, that's not a real Metal Gear game. And I know. It's not a, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so it would have... It has the uh, PS1, uh, MGS1, MGS2 substance, uh, and MGS3 subsistence, which has uh, the first two Metal Gear games on it. Oh, very nice! And and it comes with portable locks. Wow! And oh, crap. 
and possibly uh, Portable Ops Plus, but I'm not sure about that. Shit. Jesus, yeah, they gotta start shooting out more of these collector's editions. They cost more, but clearly they are worth you know worth the extra amount of money. Yeah, yeah. And, and all that U.S. dollars, it would be about sixty bucks. Oh, oh, holy shit! It's just a such a deal. Yes, it is. God damn, that is love <laughs> right there. Okay, let's let's go on. Wait. Oh, go ahead. Hold on. I want to say, uh, would either of you buy any of those special things if they were separate from the game? Hmm. Hmm. Because uh, I, I know I I bought uh, uh, the document of MGS2, and I love that. And mm-hmm. I try and buy, like, all these, you know, books and whatnot. They come out, MGS-related stuff. Oh, yeah. No, no, I mean... My only reason why I don't uh, get stuff like that is because I'm broke, but one of the first purchases I'm going to make once I get some money is that uh, this, like, book that came out for the uh, RE series that just chronicles all the shit that happened in the games. You know, I'm going to get that as soon as I can. For me, I would definitely do that for a game because um, one of my most favorite RPG series is the Xeno, uh, like Saga and the Xeno Gears game. The story is so in depth and just deep that they in Japan they actually created an encyclopedia to keep track of everything, and I would yeah. love to get that book. Yeah, they put the encyclopedia in the game, but in Japan they actually like released it in like hard. Uh, it was hardcover. Hardcover. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'd want to get that because some RPGs get really deep with story and are interesting, and I want to learn you know about the world and whatnot. So yeah, the, the cool thing about that encyclopedia though is also. That uh, has uh, notes from, because I mean, I think there's like, they update it with every game, yep. and there's like uh, notes from the creators and designers within the game. Like, there will be a huge battle going on, and after that battle happens, there'll be a chapter for it in the encyclopedia. And like, after talking about the battle in game, there'll be a note from the authors like, okay, they, they said they couldn't fire at this distance, but goddamn, I saw a lot of firing at close range. Uh, I think I think I think we did something wrong. <laughs> yeah, so they have little notes like that, and they're just kind of poking fun at their own game and the characters and things like that. Yep, that I would definitely get that. Okay, um, now for the next story here, the new Knights title, a sequel to the 1996 Sega Saturn title Knights uh, into oh, Dreams. Yeah. Uh, this is an interesting, uh, I guess, innovative feature about it. Uh, we'll use information from the Wii's Weather Channel to reflect real life weather conditions in the game. So mm-hmm. yes, so what? Well, it's a little awkward. Uh, no, but... it's, it's it's not all that different um, from something they did in nights before. The first one for the Saturn, uh-huh. uh, certain levels would uh, change. Or uh, well, for example, um, based on the uh, internal clock that the Saturn had, it would do uh, different things with you. Like uh, on Christmas, you would get like a like a snowy, like snowy levels and. Uh, the uh, knight's character would be dressed up in, uh, you know, Christmas colors. On April Fool's Day, you played as, like, this uh, character who was sort of like an evil version oh. of the uh, knight's thing, you know, just as a joke. They did little things like that in the, uh, in the uh, Saturn version, so this isn't as much of a stretch as it seems. Oh, okay. They had other games, too. Remember Christmas Nights? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember that. Oh, Okay, uh, well, I think this is kind of interesting, too, because this kind of brings up to the the topic about um, 
you know, just the whole idea of innovation with games again. I mean, how would you guys? I mean, you know how the how the PlayStation Three has got its whole the six axis control and the Wii has got the whole well the the Wii Mote and how it's you know the sensor and all that kind of stuff, motion sensor, mm-hmm. and then the DS has got the the whole you know stylus touchscreen and you can. It like reacts to if you open and close the the system itself. You can blow into the mic, blah blah blah. Would you guys like yeah. to see that happen more in the future games? I mean, could that be like the next gen? I guess if you know um, consoles. Uh, kind of. I mean, I want to see Nintendo continue what they're doing. Uh, uh, you know, with all the crazy stuff. I. I mean, if everyone does do something like that, I want them all to take different approaches. Okay. You know? I want. I don't want everyone. Do taking the Wii route and having everything, you know, be uh, motion controlled and stuff like that. You know, I still want to have games I can play on a controller. You know, honest to God, you know, I guess it'd be considered old school by that point. But you know, I still like to have games like that on top of games with uh, the motion sensors, and then maybe like games on the PS3, which have uh, aspects of both. Uh, okay. How about you, Mike? Would you? How do you feel uh, about the? I think they, it's good that they're they're trying to find different ways, you know. Like I didn't even know the DS had that little microphone there for a while until I was playing uh, Nintendogs on my brother's DS, and he's like, "You have to blow into the microphone to make bubbles." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like it's all it's all dependent on the technology and like all the different kinds of technology they can bring into new consoles and things and or, or peripherals or whatever. And <clears throat> with, I mean, I think Sony, like, I don't know, I think they were probably jumping on the bandwagon with the six axis and some games that rely too much on it are just like, they mm-hmm. turn to shit. And, uh, but you know, I think they really like undercounted the eye toy, they really have something going with it, and they need to do some more stuff with that. Like yeah, they have that, yeah. that they have that card game. Eye judgment. Kind of, yeah, that's kind of interesting, but I mean, I don't know. I still want them to do like a that arcade game where it sensed your movements and you moved around. Huh. Oh, that uh, uh, that shooter. Yeah, police trainer nine one one or something like that. Well, I, yeah, why can't yeah. they do that? Eye toy. They need to do yeah, that. They should. Yeah, it'd be, be a damn good but, idea. But, uh, you know, like, it's like how far can you take it? Like, will people get tired of swinging the Wii mode around? Or, uh, or like, are we just going to keep going until eventually we're on a holodeck in Star Trek? <laughs> <laughs> like, are we going to plug ourselves in to the Matrix? But, uh, <laughs> and there's, there's like they're saying they they can do it they can do it like they use it for doing other stuff I don't know <laughs> but uh I don't know I whenever somebody talks about this sort of thing I always think of Hideo, Hideo <laughs> Kojima he always talks about how he wants to bring smell into games <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah oh uh, well um. Uh- Speaking of that, what you were saying, Mike, you know, like, um, they, it is true. They can do the whole, they can do it right now. The whole, you know, holograms or whatnot, like, you know, interacting with your body and all that kind of stuff. But the issue is they can't do it well. So that's the only problem. 
So I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, what they what they need to do first is get a uh, a game going where you know using voice commands and shit like that actually works. They tried it. Yeah. It didn't turn out. They so tried well. it with this game. I think it was called Lifeline. Yeah, it's supposed to be yeah. survival horror. You're like guiding this woman through a ship, but she keeps screwing up the commands and. Some commands that just made no sense work. Like apparently, you can get her to bark like a dog, but you can't Whoa. get her someone in the head. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow! Yeah, bizarre. <laughs> the, the SOCOM had some use of that, but I heard like the like it wasn't that great either. I mean, it worked, but not all the time. Mm-hmm. This uh, friend of mine was saying, "You playing it? You'd be like, you'd be like, hold your fire." And they'd go, firing, sir. <laughs> I mean, if they can, if they can do voice recognition well, I mean, it'll, like, could you imagine playing, like, Brothers in Arms, where instead of the context-sensitive uh, yeah. little, little icon, you just yell at them? That would <laughs> yeah, be, just, like, that would be so awesome. You just give them commands specifically and, yeah. Like, and depending yeah, on yeah. how, that would be cool if, like, depending on how loud you talk, you, like, uh, alert enemies or whatever. Like, yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd really yeah. Like, I'd like to see them do that in the future Brothers in Arms title, because, I mean, they're, like, in terms of storytelling in the World War II FPS genre, Brothers in mm-hmm. Arms, like, second to none. I mean, uh, but... Yeah, I mean, like, I'd love to see them do that. Oh, that would be interesting. Like, they could set it up so depending on how well you command, the uh, morale of the team will shift and shit. But, yeah, no, I agree with you. There's a lot of uh, good stuff they can do with it. But, yeah, like, uh, like going back to um, Knights with some whole reading the weather thing, I think that's really cool. And, like, because mm-hmm. pretty soon there's not going to be uh, a con- like, there's not gonna be a time when you have a console by itself. Like, it's gonna have Wi-Fi and Wi-Fi is gonna be everywhere, and it's gonna be able to check for things like, like, the temperature of the weather outside. Exactly. And mm-hmm. things like that. Like that. That is just. It's like, it's like the, like. I've never had any uh, Konami games other than Silent Hill on the PS1, but if I did, I could manage it. Like, people always talk about that Psycho Manus moment where you read your yeah. main card and you're like, oh, you like Castlevania. Like, yeah. like that, like, on a whole new level. Uh, that would actually, uh, especially with uh, something like survival horror games where they, like, uh, try, like if they do that and sort of match the uh, surroundings outside of your house to what's going on in the game, it might, like, really freak some people out. Yeah, yeah. but then there might be some issues of getting heart attacks. We don't want that. <laughs> well, <laughs> another thing, like, I, uh, speaking of Metal Gear again, uh, I remember, um, I think it might have been before the PS2 came out, but, um, or when... When they were working on MGS2, Hideo said that he wanted the, uh, the game to be able to read the PS3's, like, cache or whatever and see, like, what kind of movies you've watched and, like, oh, God. Up, the amount, up the amount of gore depending on what kind of movies you've watched. Oh. Um, 
it didn't didn't work. Oh Jesus! What if they so were? It would just so it would adjust the amount of violence you got depending upon, you know, how much you could usually take as far as movies went. Yeah. Well, what if that's, the last? That's insane, man. <laughs> what if the last movie they were watching was either Hostel or Saw? Or Ichi the Killer. Oh. <laughs> it would just be a lot of blood. I mean, obviously it's not MGS2. <laughs> yeah, it just, it's not like MGS2 has, like, decapitations possible or whatever. Yeah. Kojima needs to make his own console. That's what he needs to do. <laughs> oh, God, yes. <laughs> Could you imagine? that It'd be like, hook this up to your chest. Hook <laughs> this up by your nose. It'd be a uh, VR helmet with this. gloves and boots and yeah. taste and this. Oh, see, you see right there, it would be a good Virtual Boy. That's what it would be. <laughs> oh, it would be nobody, beyond that. You could nobody probably would know how to program. That yeah, that nobody too. would know how to program for it except for Hideo. <laughs> it would be outrageous. No, let's see. There, there's also a problem with that. Is like if, if it, you know that immersive. Some games could fuck you up. Like, if uh, Suda51 made a game for that thing, oh, you would probably lose your mind. Suda51 <laughs> made the Killer7 games, just so people know. And that game was crazy. Yeah. Okay, that, uh, game, that game will fuck with you. All right, okay, let's go on to the, the next one here. This one's a little bit... The next two stories are pretty out there. This first one is um, kind of relates to uh, game violence, maybe? All right, here it is. A uh, boy hires hitman to kill parents after being grounded from being denied his PlayStation. Yes. Um, all right, okay, let, let me let me finish. It gets it gets uh it gets crazy. All right, uh, young Corey has been making threats around the house, so his mom hired a cop to pose as a hitter, and Corey took the bait, offering up his dad's truck as payment. After a couple of rounds of negotiations, the officer revealed himself and arrested Corey for attempted murder. For which he is now awaiting trial. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking, how the fuck does he think he's gonna pay this pay this hitman? And he offers him <laughs> his dad's truck. What? Because because they wouldn't let him play. What was this? Halo? Yeah, it was just they didn't say what game. It said it was for the PlayStation. Oh, it was PlayStation. No, because I heard about another story where this uh, kid backhanded his mom for not letting him play Halo. And I, was like, <laughs> oh, I remember oh that. My God, but this just completely dwarfs that. Good God! Yeah. First of all, you know, there was something wrong with this kid to begin with. <laughs> Wait, hold on. First off, how like what? What were the parents thinking? They were like, I know we'll get a cop to pose as a hitman and see if he takes the bait. And the fact that he <laughs> actually took the bait is what's wrong yeah. with this family. Well, yeah, yeah. You don't know what's worse. If is is is, is it worse that the boy took the bait? Or that the parents actually devised this plan thinking he would. <laughs> well, Some twisted shit. Well, you got to keep in mind here that there have been um, cases that are much worse than this. Like, uh, what was it? I think those two, uh, these two parents or something, they were really obsessed with World of Warcraft, and they let their kids starve to death. So people... Oh, can, oh they, yeah. there, there are several stories like yeah. that with uh, well, not well, only World of Warcraft, but uh, EverQuest before that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've heard of quite a few stories of EverQuest... Uh, you know, killing people. Yeah, Andrew always talks about some some guy like his kid was bothering while I was playing, so he locked him in the closet and forgot about him. Jesus. Yeah, you know, I heard about one where this woman uh, needed her fix so bad that she left her uh, baby in the car in the middle of the summer so she could go into a radio shack and play it there. Oh God. 
Ah. Yeah. All right, now let's go into the next. He's in prison probably getting her ass whipped, so, you know. In the, in the next uh, kind of a pretty insane story, it's um, a virtual crack house simulation. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so hold on. Let, let me let me find the story. I actually was pretty interested in this one. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, this I yeah, this... I, I know it sounds weird. It's um specifically targeted towards uh people who uh have addictions. So obviously have a, have an addiction or are coming off of an addiction. Pretty much what you you play as specifically a character with this addiction inside of a crack house and your goal in it is to fight off the uh, uh, cravings, so to speak, uh, long enough to, uh, you know, for it to pass. The thing is, is that when the craving finally passes, a certain uh, tone goes off, specifically, you know, to, as a sign that you've uh, gotten through it. What they encourage people to do is to play this over and over and over, and um, after they've uh, gone through it a few times, every time they start uh, feeling an insane craving, you know, one that's, like, really getting to them, they're given a number to call, and when they call that number, the tone goes off as a means to help it subside. Yeah. It apparently actually worked. That's good. That's a little weird, but it's good. <laughs> it's weird, but, I mean, you know, <laughs> if it works, then... I, uh... I... <laughs> Uh, I think I think I see the future in um you know pe- helping people with addictions, video games right there. Mm-hmm. Solve yeah, everything. Soon, soon it's just they're not going to even call them video games. They're just going to have another word like it's an everyday thing. Oh, it's just various not, simulations and shit. It, it's not even going to be a game. You're like, all right, go in here. Uh, we're going to cure your cancer. <laughs> yeah. lie here, hit these buttons when you see the uh, cancer, and you will be able to fire a laser or burn it off. <laughs> <laughs> did you um? Did any of you guys see the latest South Park episode about Guitar Hero? Uh, yeah. I only saw this clip from it where uh, Stan's dad comes in and actually starts playing the song, and they uh, get pissed off at him. Well, there's this um this game inside of that they play inside of the episode, and it's called the Crackhead Game. You basically um, chase a dragon that you can never get, and you're injecting yourself with you know, like you know with something as you constantly try and catch the dragon you'll never catch. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Twisted. And as you're and as you're doing this, trying to catch the dragon, the dragon's saying, "Come on, come on, try and get me. You can do it." <laughs> it's like laughing at you. And as you're doing it, it's like it's in it's in first person view, and like it's showing a guy with like a heroin, you know, like a needle, just like you know, <laughs> shooting up every once in a while, trying to you know gain speed, if you will, to catch the dragon. Oh, let me let me guess, let me guess. At the beginning of the game, you're as close to the dragon as you're gonna get. <laughs> the game goes on; he gets further and further, and after a while, you need the addictions just to keep from falling up. That's right. That's exactly how it works. Oh, God. That's the old Should anybody game. else play that game, Narc? Narc? Uh, no. Uh, wait, wait, wait. In the arcade or on the Nintendo? And then, uh, no, the, uh, the PlayStation, the PlayStation 2, 2 version. Oh, oh, the, the new one. No, I never played the new one. I thought you were talking about the old ones. Those ones kicked ass. <laughs> it's terrible. It's got, like, all these... It has, like, Michael Madsen and Bill Bellamy as a uh, character. <laughs> Whoa! Uh, God, like basically, you you're a narc and you use drugs as power up, and then you play a stupid mini game when you have to get rid of the cravings. <laughs> oh, that's stupid. 
That's why the game did bad. I don't think it did very well. Yeah, I heard the game was like horrible and just got a lot of unwanted attention. Pretty much. Yeah, it was terrible. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right, on to the next one. This is actually some good news for the whole um, uh, game to movie thing and how, you know, games to movies have been kind of crapping out real bad. Well, this is actually some... Boy, bowl, dead. <laughs> toilet bowl. I Not... can't believe I tried to say his normal name. His name is Toilet Bowl. No, no. When he when he dies, then the, everything will be so much better. But no, he's sadly still alive. But no, this is actually some good news. Well, some bittersweet news. All right. The the let me see here. The there's gonna be a film uh, adaptation of the movie Return. Uh, excuse that movie game Return to Castlevania. Uh, Return to Wolfenstein. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's going to and with the writer slash director, his name is Roger Avery. What he said is going how it's going to be set up is that he's going to make sure that the game, uh, the game, the movie is set up exactly like the game. It's going to, it's going to focus on the original Commodore sixty four game. So, is it going to take place in the first person view? I don't think so. After they tried, oh, no, cause yeah, they, I mean they they did that in uh, that Doom movie, yeah. And I was thinking that was going to be the worst part. That was like the best half hour of a goddamn movie. It actually, actually it, it was. was fucking intense. I loved it. it I loved half it. Half hour? No, no, no. It was. It was like maybe it wasn't like, a half hour. But it was like okay. it was like five minutes. They pumped. It was up. like five ten. It was like five or ten minutes. But it, you know, it kicked ass. That's sadly throughout the whole entire movie. That's what I went to go see the movie for. Just that scene because I was waiting for it. It was good. I was happy about that. Yeah, I thought all the action scenes were going to like play out like that and. Uh, no, though uh, when uh, it did go the first person shooter, I was a, a first person view. I was expecting my seats to move. <laughs> All right, now um, how he said the Roger Avery guy said for how the movie would be is you know based on the the re- uh, Return to Castle Wolfenstein. He said it would probably be like uh, he said it would be a lot like an old war uh, World War Two movie about men on a mission, uh, except there would be a lot of you know there would be monsters and horror and all kinds of crazy stuff to it so he, he could I'm looking, I'm looking at the article right now and the tour writer is real bad you sound kind of muffled can you are you away from the phone or uh no oh there we go okay all right all right uh, what, i had my <laughs> i had my thumb over the mouthpiece what did you say uh, uh, <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you fine. Yeah, yeah, we hear you fine. All right. What did you say? Before? All right, Neil Neil Gaiman's co-writing it. Oh, okay. Neil. Uh, so, yeah, Neil Gaiman. But um, but here's the um the sad part about it all. That I, I believe it said in Hollywood, there's like a bunch of people going on a writer's strike. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was a writers, uh, there was a strike, and all that. The writers guild is on strike, so yeah, there's no writing right now. Yeah, so it's gonna, I guess, be on hold a little bit. But this could maybe be something to look forward to. I mean, this could actually. I mean, he's unlike all the other people who try and make games into movies and don't follow the story at all. This could actually work, maybe. Yeah. So I'm. <laughs> I'm happy about that. Uh, unless, well, go ahead. Well, I was just saying, it was nice to see the uh, dude take a concrete stance either one way or the other. Because, you know, like uh, Phil said in the previous podcast, you know, is it, they're better off. Uh, I mean, as I see it, they're either they're better off either um, 
trying to be completely, like, trying to seriously, seriously be faithful to the original material mm-hmm. or doing something completely different that maybe, a, I don't know, ties loosely into the story or something like that, you know, something that can connect them in one way or another. But, you know, something either they try, they should try to stay faithful or try to do something original. And in most cases or all cases, they always do some crappy in-between that alienates both casual moviegoers and fans of the uh, original material, what have you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. This, so I have high hopes for this, actually. I'm not going to put too much into it, but, I mean, because <laughs> that's yeah, never good. Uh, I, I've come from, you know, from experience here, it seems to be the best way to go into a game-to-movie type setup is to not have any, you know, standards or high hopes or anything for it. <laughs> Just to go it's into it, be crap. Yeah, much, and hope for the best. I mean, go in with the same intentions you go into that DOA movie with. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Uh. While we're on, while we're, while we're on the subject, uh, did you read the article? Marky Mark is in talks to play Max Payne. Yes. Yes. That he. I haven't um I haven't uh played any of the you know um Max Payne games, but he, uh, looking at how Max the guy looks, he looks like he could fit the build. Except yeah. he'll have to point the entire time. Oh, <laughs> uh, I said he'll have to squint the entire time. Oh, he always does that anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, he fits. So I have played both of them, and I love both of them, and uh. <laughs> Melodrama at its finest. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, um, well, okay. Now, does this mean that since uh, the way that you know Max Payne is set up, that it's basically going to be kind of like a little Matrix type of setup movie? Cause, I mean, there's lots of there'll be, there'll bullet, be time. bullet time, for sh- probably, and uh, yeah, you know, lots of shooting, obviously. But uh, what do you think, Mike? <laughs> yeah, but. No kung fu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, none, none of that. None of the weird. You might, I mean, you might punch matrix stuff. Yeah, you <laughs> might punch a few niggas out, but it'll be mostly guns. And fire, lots of fire, lots of explosions. Oh. Boom. Sounding I don't know. Sounds cool. Uh, did anyone see that, um, that, uh, that new, no, new, well, it's not that new, it came out in the summer. It was with Clive Owen. Yeah, I, f- I forgot it. He had, he was doing this whole craziness, like with two guns and whatnot, doing all this like shoot them up. Yeah, yeah. He, I never get. I, you know me, I'm poor. I can't afford to go to the movies. <laughs> well, when it comes, it should be coming out on like um on DVD soon. But yeah, that I'm was, sure it's <laughs> I'm sure it's on the internet. Yeah, it is. It, it's a good example of um of the whole you know using all the crazy crazy stuff with the guns and whatnot. He was sliding on yeah. everything and. The John, yeah. I guess there was a, the John Woo stuff or something. I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Clive Owen, Clive Owen, like, I, I actually thought of him as Max Payne. I was like, holy shit, when he came on in Sin City with the two guns and the trench coat, and I was like, whoa, he looks like Max Payne. And then he had the, and it was just cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, the movie was good. It was decent. I had a few problems, but it was, it was good. Action packed. Very nice. Okay. Mm. All righty, uh, let's go on to the next one here. This was, this was actually some really big news the past week. Uh, EA has confirmed that it is shutting down, you know, EA, it's EA Chicago, uh, studio. 
and it's because it wasn't doing very well at all. It was actually losing EA a lot of money. Um, it has it, it lost 195 million last quarter. So, damn, that sucks. Uh, the games they were responsible for making was the Fight Night series and the Def Jam fighting games. Uh, huh. So that could mean bad news for those. So no, I mean, no, they're not going to let Fight Night die. I, I sincerely doubt that. Def Jam, however, <coughs> might go. It seriously fluctuated. Uh, the first one, from what I heard, was sort of eh. Like, I don't know, a couple people bought it. But uh, the second one I, uh, what did really well, I can say from experience. The second one's really good. It was uh, a bit more inventive in comparison. But from what I hear, the third one was crap. Oh. Mm, yeah, I heard the reviews weren't so good, but I still wanted to play it. Me too. No, I wanted to give it a shot. I'm just too poor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> poor. I can't afford it, damn it. All right, now, but... Um... It put T.I. in it. T.I. was in it. <laughs> you like your girl to T.I. I could see. I'd be like, damn, that's T.I. But <laughs> 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 oh my god alright now the um, the biggest I mean I guess the really bad news for this is for the 150 people who just lost their job so <laughs> oh god that sucks for them uh, yeah I, they'll be able to find work he has uh, been hasn't, haven't they been buying like tons of studios up lately uh, the, the biggest one they just did was they bought up uh, was it uh, the Pandemic and Bioware oh yeah Bioware yeah, oh God, I, I pray they don't fuck with Bioware. Uh, but there was it, here's something else that's kind of interesting about it. Uh, the studio was also known for working on untitled fighting game through the Marvel comic characters, which was supposed to be coming out in 2008. So, I wait, mean, yeah. wait, it wasn't EA behind that crap Marvel Nemesis <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah, that, that game was shit. <laughs> that game was shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wonder if that, if there was just a sequel to that game. Be, I hope not, because if that well, was the if case, if it was a sequel, then I'm glad it didn't come out. Because I played a demo of it, and uh, they, turned, they made Spider-Man a dick. I mean, they made him from the Bronx. He was like from the Bronx instead of Queens. He had like a Bronx accent. Yeah, yeah, he was an asshole. I mean, you know, he, he's a wisecracking character. He cracks a lot of jokes and shit. But there was nothing clever about the shit he was saying. He was just acting like a dick. <laughs> he was like, you, this will be too easy. I'm like, it wasn't funny at all. <laughs> What's the matter with you people? You know, it was just another case of them taking something and trying to make it dark and edgy and angsty <laughs> and just making it crap. <laughs> That's that. Pretty much what it was. My uh, little brother, he really likes the whole, you know, uh, Spider-Man and all that kind of stuff. So my mom actually got the game for him. For him, and uh, I really wish he didn't buy that game. It's so awful. Wait, wait, how, how old is your little brother now, Joe? Uh, he's like five. And did he hate the game too? No, he loves the game. He loves the game, but he likes Mario Party. So I don't really take. Well, you know, he, he he's five. You know. I know. It's just he's just uh, happy to be playing something. I was the same way when I was little. Yeah, well, they like they pretty much like anything they, that's thrown in front of them. So I guess it's all right. They like Mario a lot, Mario and Kirby. All right, uh, let's go on to the Kirby, next one Kirby's here. A good one. Okay, um, uh, consumers should not be expecting to see the new model of the Wii, a new model of the Wii, or any details uh, 
around it that are deals with, you know, it having uh, its own DVD drive in it. People were kind of whining about that a little bit, you know, because everything else has a DVD drive in it, but except the Wii, which and uh, Nintendo's uh, an argument against that was that, you know, that's not our biggest issue right now. Our biggest issue right now is trying to spit out more of them so people can have them. So, yeah. So, yeah, they're not make more Wii's and get more games for it. Typically, yeah. you know, more third party support. Well, you know, hopefully, hopefully Nintendo will jump ahead because every single console that comes out, they they're like they're like stubborn. They refuse to accept like the format. Like they were no, still I doing like cartridges. When when the PS One came out, they were still doing cartridges, and they like if you played like the dumbed down version of Spider Man on N sixty four, it's like not even worth it. Like the PS1 version is so much better. It has like full cutscenes and voice acting. And then yeah. with the GameCube, they had the, the mini DVDs. Uh, like, wouldn't it be? I mean, if you had a full DVD, that's that much more data you can store. And now they still have the mini DVDs on the Wii. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, I see what you're saying now. I can understand that. I thought you were like telling them to buy into the whole turning their console into a multimedia system like everyone else. No, um, I'm just saying, like... Bothers me. But no, I'm what you're saying, saying like, honestly, is honestly, it makes sense. Honestly, that's something yeah. they do need to do. Yeah. Actually, there was an interview with uh, Miyamoto, and uh, he said that he actually wishes that they would bring back the cartridges. He doesn't... I guess he doesn't seem to like the whole CDs thing. He, he liked the cartridges <laughs> more. Yeah, you know what else? You know what else? Miyamoto's all old. <laughs> well, they all are. He is old. They all well, are. He's super old, man. Yeah. <laughs> he's like the grandfather of like <laughs> gaming and shit. That's his like. I think that's actually his title too. So <laughs> you know, you know, it probably is. <laughs> well, when you get to the point where you win an award for like a was it? Um, oh, what's that? Those set of awards they give out for you know. Uh, lifetime achievement. Yeah, yeah, for in video games. That's when you yeah. know it's Dude, he's he so won, old. Like, three of them or something. Yeah. Every single picture I, I see of him or appearance of him, he's always got this gigantic smile on his face, like he doesn't know where he is. <laughs> uh, I think Joe found a GIF of him like making a weird face. Yeah. yeah to me, that's hilarious. You know, uh, like he's seeing something have, and going, "What the fuck." I have a picture of him where somebody photoshopped him with uh, Austin Powers' suit and glasses. <laughs> looks exactly like Austin Powers. Oh, God. That's awesome. Uh, That's funny. Uh, well, I mean, also, uh, Will Wright, he got the Lifetime Achievement Award for in video games, too, because of the SimCity and all that stuff. So Yeah. Yeah. He's also been around for God knows how long. Yeah, they've been around for quite a while. The only one who's kind of, I think, uh, everyone's agreeing on the gaming industry that the only person who's really gone insane over the years is the creator of Atari. He um made a he made a comment that uh he feels that the games nowadays coming out are a pile of junk. He says they're, they're crap. <laughs> that, that shit had me cracking up. Yeah, Atari. Yeah. Atari is a, pub, a publisher responsible for Enter the Matrix. Oh no, but <laughs> but here's the, the the funniest thing about it. He ha- when they, when he was asked, "Have you played a Wii or know what a Wii is?" He says, well, "What? No, what was that?" So, yeah, that's 
that's where he is. <laughs> he, he is a little. He, I bet you he is a little crazy. Yeah, little, you know, out there. But that's uh, cool. Go, that 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 kind of made to, me laugh. To, that? Going back to um, Will Wright, he's like the man's like his mind's. <laughs> he's like so many years behind, like far ahead. Like he's always yeah. thinking of like crazy shit. I mean. He thought up since he thought he thought up The Sims like, mm-hmm. and that's like such a huge franchise now, and now with Spore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spore, that's insane. That's yeah, insane. he does not know how to stay inside the box. Which is great. Which is good. Yeah. yeah. If anything, he's outside of it. Uh, uh, you know, he 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 has trouble getting into the damn thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't fit. Yeah. Huh. I wonder if. Uh, Kojima and Will came together. What type of game could they create? Well, it would it would Go be ahead, more Mike. like it would be like traditional. Like with Hideo would be able to bring like the marketability and like it would be like you know like an actual game and like both of them would just bring crazy ideas and we'd see definitely see shit that you've never seen in a video game before. Yeah, um, I think what it would be is that uh, Wright would probably bring a lot of like crazy in-game stuff in between, and uh, Kojima would add in things that would probably more affect you outside the game, but you know, keep you into the game itself. You know, it would just be an experience. It would just be in a game. It'd be an experience. Yeah, Hideo would bring the probably more of the narrative and. And actual like gameplay, and well, they both work on the gameplay, but Hideo would actually have the narrative and the story down, and you'd actually want yeah. to play it to learn what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that would be crazy. That would be insane. Like what he did with the whole Psycho Manus thing, and like you know, screwed with your was it? A- oh, probably. You know that you know there'd be at least one element like that. I can't remember if there was something like that in MGS2, but I know in uh, MGS3, you could be the boss by setting your clock a week ahead. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Or just waiting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's different. Wow. Okay, um, now uh, I believe this is the last one, because we're already like almost about an hour, so. Alright, uh, okay. The, there's been rumors circling around with, about Bethesda soft software about them canceling the canceling the Elder Scrolls Travelers, you know, Oblivion for the PSP, which everyone you know loves Oblivion, has been waiting for that to come on the PSP. And it seems what the whole problem is with it is that what they what they had did was they had outsourced the title to a company called Climax. And apparently they just been they didn't say what exactly, but they just been having a lot of issues and problems or something with it. So it may or may not come out, but it's pushing towards it. It probably won't come out, which sucks a lot. Cause well, two things about that. One, I mean, obviously, that's kind of sad because, you know, the more Oblivion, the better in my mind. Yeah. But uh, how the fuck would you play it on a PSP? They, it... they only have that one nub. <laughs> well, it's uh, it'd still be possible. I mean, well, if you, like, I'm sure they do something, try and get it on there. But I, I just want to play more Oblivion on more consoles. Like well, no, that's all I, I mean, care about. I mean, the, the the second thing I was just curious about how you play it. But yeah, I mean, that'd be more reason for me to get a PSP. 
Yeah, yeah. But the control scheme is always an issue. I mean, that's why first-person shooters didn't do so well on the PSP. But I think has has that gotten better at all? I I, I know the first few that came yeah. out really bad. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. I I had the demo of uh, Medal of Honor Heroes, and it was pretty fun. You used the you just use the face buttons to move and the nub to aim. Oh, okay. That makes okay. sense. That makes sense. Well, uh, I actually personally have to say I enjoy, I mean, even though the game didn't get too high of a um, score, uh, I actually enjoyed the first-person controls on the DS. I, I kind of liked it. You use the touchscreen to to rotate the camera around and use the... What, aren't you talking about uh, the Metroid... Prime Hunters. Game specifically? Yeah, yeah Metroid. That one, I think what it is, it has a, a steep learning curve as far as the controls go, but once you get it, you can get some pretty... Uh, good competitive play and shit like that. Yeah, but it, it does take a lot of, um. yeah, it takes some getting used to, and your fingers I remember, will cramp. I couldn't find a control scheme that uh, worked well enough for me to actually shoot you. Yeah, it, it takes some getting used to, but once you do, it gets it gets crazy, especially online with that game. People, it just gets insane. Uh, that's why I enjoyed it a lot with that. So I guess that's it. That's pretty much it for this episode. Uh, anybody have anything less uh, to say or? No. Anything? Have <laughs> you, Mike, anything to take us out? Uh, this is Michael saying, have your pets spayed and neutered? There you go. That's some good advice. Help, yeah, help control the pet population. Wow. Okay. Spayed or neutered. That was different. Okay. Mike's now Bob Barker. <laughs> Apparently. Okay. Mm-hmm.